0: How about tires? Have you guys seen an increase on tires?
1: We just got notification that tires will be going up. So yes, parts are increasing. Parts for um, repairs have increased throughout the year, and and the availability is uh, difficult.
0: So what we're what we're seeing on our side, because you guys are on the private fleet side, right? We're the for hire, the the over-the-road, you know, anywhere in the country type of provider, okay? Um, And sometimes more than that, sometimes Canada and, you know, other areas. But what we are seeing is two different pictures there from a cost perspective. When you have a piece of equipment go down, you're not able to get in as quick to the shop and and get get somebody on it like we were historically because I think they're struggling from a labor perspective. Then when we figure out what it is that we actually need to fix the equipment, no one has the part in stock. So then there's another delay to when you can actually get get the part there, no matter what it costs, right?
2: Yes. So, yes. You know, um, these are scenarios that play out here every day. And, you know, with a fleet the size of ours, um, obviously, we're a massive consumer of Uh, parts, fuel commodity, um, truck, trailers, tankers, food grade tankers, you know, it goes on and on. And if we stuck to the tractor side of the fleet, the way that we buy our tractors is a lease, an off-capital lease that we have a, we have a working relationship with the Volvo factory, and we try to keep all of our trucks in warranty. So, I'm going to like open up this conversation a little bit about some of the stuff that Gene deals with on a day to day in our in our Sandpoint facility, we have a a PM or maintenance shop with one mechanic in it, and we also have the dealer rep for Volvo that comes to our facility to do warranty work so. Gene, if you'd like to expand a little bit more on how that works inside your truck shop, that would be great. Yeah, the dealer
1: is like 80 miles away. That's our closest dealer. And as long as we give them some kind of notice, they're here, hopefully not every weekend doing warranty work, but on a scheduled two, three weeks at a time. But what you were talking about with parts and availability and getting stuff repaired, you are absolutely correct. We find ourselves actually looking for parts now where we used to just let the dealer do it now we actually go looking for parts ourselves and we'll get a taxi ride air freight whatever because you don't make any money when the truck is down
0: no i, I think that that's you know, that's the the scenario that we're seeing now you know for us on the broker side for example um where we don't actually own one piece of equipment right But your freight has to be delivered on time. Slate will tell you we do that. The biggest struggle we have is where you would normally have a breakdown that you would be up and running in six, eight hours, 10 hours worst case scenario. Uh, So many of those scenarios happen, the majority of them are automatically repower. Repower the trailer, put another truck and and another carrier under it and drop it or hook it or swing it. Uh, Or if the trailer's down, then you you know you got to have it you got to chain it up and get it to where you you know food grade location and have it swung and break seals and communicate and document everything because we just can't get the trucks fixed in a timely manner on the road.
2: Sure, you're and you know that of course drives the rental truck market. Um, we we've been faced with that before too. Um, when we're out on the road and you have a you know a critical breakdown that. Sidelines the vehicle for a day or two, the first thing that we default to is our rental vendors, because at the end of the day, um, customers don't really understand why you're not there, or at least that's what they want you to believe. And from a customer service perspective, um, even though we have challenges with breakdowns, we still have to deliver. You know, we still have to we still have to try to maintain schedule, and you know, sometimes you know it takes a rental or it takes like Jean said, searching for parts. Um, it's very very common that we will pick up parts in any particular city that another driver of ours might be in, just to get the parts out to um, a shop that the truck is located at.
0: That's the the only way to be successful in navigating. The market because I don't think you can just leave equipment sit everywhere while you you know while you try you you can't get more how are the how are the rental scenarios working for you guys
1: they're hard to come by if you can even find one
0: (laughs) that's that's what I was gonna say it's great having a rental agreement and up until the past two years it was pretty handy at times now there's not a you know the rentals haven't been available readily available um how about from a truck perspective, how many units are you guys total running? Yeah, about 45. So uh, how often do you uh, turn those those tractors in, in the fleet?
1: We run them four years and then turn them in.
0: Four to they're five, be, somewhere in there?
1: Yeah, they're going to be around 450,000 miles on them, hopefully. That's what we shoot for. Because after that, they just become unreliable. I would agree with that.
2: Well, and then inside of that, four year, 400,000 mile mark, which might seem a, you know, a little bit low for total miles on a truck in a private fleet that's, you know, focuses its um, on its LTL distribution. I think that we're probably on the high side of the mileage. And as far as the optimum value of the truck in a resale market is our target. So in working with our uh, truck provider, that's what we want to be able to give back to them at a high quality piece that, you know they can put back on the market into the used capacity pool.
0: Right. I think if it's under 5 years and under uh, 500,000 miles then then the value is is up a decent amount compared to 600 or 650,000 mile equipment. There there's a big step there, right?
1: Yeah. For sure, yes.
0: So you you get out of it. Are you having trouble getting the tractors, the power units?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, that's, that's another issue. Everybody's behind the trailer markets behind the truck markets behind. We've reached the end of our leases and we're waiting on the new trucks to arrive.
0: So the, the, your provider just tells you, hang on to the equipment until the, end of the until we get the new, right?
2: Well, in comes Zale with restructuring the lease to build a bridge between the expected delivery of the new truck, the truck vendor Volvo um, and just keep going. Uninterrupted. We don't have to park them. We just keep. We just keep running them.
0: So you didn't. You didn't have to do any of that previously. No. Up until the past year or two, normally it's cycled out. No problems. Correct.
2: You know, um, we spec our own trucks with the assistance from the factory. You know, the larger group are all identical. The same other trailers. And when Gene said that trailers are hard to get, you know, we've been a lot more successful on the power unit side than we have been on the trailer side because the factory production is still down almost you know 50%. So we've seen extensive delays of over a year on refrigerated trailers.
0: Hmm. Um, I think that what we're seeing currently on, the, on our side on the refrigerated trailers is about a nine month turn.
2: Well, I could have been more specific and should have been these are multi temps and three axles. Our okay. stock two-axle setups, John, are much less. There's still right. a weight, but it is much less.
0: Well, and when you're running up there uh, on uh, what uh, what states? Washington, Idaho, Montana, and you're allowed, what, 80,000?
1: Our heavy hauls run like a 103.
0: Over 103,000 so, pounds?
2: Yeah, so a four-axle tractor, a three-axle um, trailer, we're at like 58,000 um, pounds of product in the box in our tanker fleet four axle tractor, 8,600 gallon food grade tanker 103. Wow.
0: Tanker equipment's another issue. That's even tighter than refrigerated.
2: Yeah, you know, um, if it weren't for a 25 year relationship that we have with the manufacturer Westmark, which builds an, you know, builds an excellent product, We only have Westmark trailers in our fleet. Um, They supply us with our four-axle setups and our two-axle setups. And they were really, really good on delivery of the last six units that we had. We had some running gear. So the the Tritum on on the uh, 8,600-gallon tanker, we actually had to go outside of their network. Gene worked to deal with a a vendor provider that we have in out of washington and actually picked up a three-axle setup and sent it to the factory so it could be installed these guys work with us they're you know privately owned family operation that do a phenomenal job and kept our tanker rotation in place
0: wow that's amazing i don't don't it is
2: it really is um lighthouse you know they we enjoy some long-term relationships from vendors across the organization, from plastics that we might need, glass that we might need, et cetera, all the way down into trucking, into the trucking components of trucks, trailers, um, and the tankers.
0: Well, I think that's what it, I think that's what makes the difference, right? When you have relationship-based vendors, you know, they're going to go the extra mile.
2: With our consistent buying and rotation purchases, replenishment plans, you know, they know what you're going to need. And then of course having the financial acuity is to um, keep everything in place as planned as Zale has it. You know, we budget from year to year for the things that we need. So we have that responsibility to the organization to, you know, really be financially accurate and, you know, dependable. We try our hardest to stay inside of budget. And we watch the markets closer and we meet regularly regularly with our vendors.
0: And I think what we're all looking for is where's the floor moving forward, right? There's no excess equipment laying all over the place. There's, the driver pool is definitely not uh, at capacity. Uh, fuels astronomical. And everything else, tires are looking at probably a 30% increase in the past two years. So when you start looking at all these numbers we're not going to go back. We don't, we don't see the ability to go back to where we were.
2: We never really you know, get a lot of calls that say, Hey, we're going to start charging you less for tires. Um, but <laughs> uh, and with our pallet suppliers, I almost fell out of my chair a couple of months ago and they said, Hey, we're going to drop your price on pallets because Pallets were a huge deal. They were getting out to like 25 bucks a pallet because there was such a shortage a year ago. Right. If, you know, we have one of our, uh, again, a long-term supplier for us, you know, out of the blue calls and said, hey, I'm gonna drop your cost. I think it was like 10 bucks a pallet and it was like floored.
1: You know, one thing Jeff didn't mention that since he's come along, he has cut our deadhead miles down below the industry standard by significant amount.
2: Yeah, so that's a great number to brag on. We're I think we're at a year-to-date, I know Zale notes, year-to-date percentage dead-end miles.
0: Okay, you're under 10. Yep. I think that's, so that's for, the- For
2: private fleets, that's phenomenal. Well,
0: I think it's phenomenal for every everyone. Yep. If you can stay under 10, what we notice is as it, as it slows down, that's usually when the economy slows down and, the, and maybe the options aren't so plentiful. Like we've had for the past couple of years,
1: the last couple of weeks, um, I'm pretty proactive as far as you know, staying ahead of when I know when I know our trucks are going to be out in a certain area. I'm looking for loads way ahead of time, um, and you be, you better be proactive, and you yeah. better take what you can find. But the last couple of weeks, um, probably the last you know three to four weeks, sometimes right now you can't even find a load. To get back um, to your region,
0: but when when there's 30 loads for every truck or 50 loads for every truck in a lot of markets, your deadhead picture is going to be really good. Yeah. Because you know, hey, I no, oh, oh, no, I'm going to take this one. This one's eight miles away. This one's 26. That helps a bunch. Yep. Yeah. But Sandpoint is not a metropolis. No. I mean. There's not, there's not a ton of truckload business going into Sandpoint. So I'm going to assume the majority ideal for you is probably Spokane area.
1: Spokane, Post Falls area, yes.
0: Yeah. So let us know if there's uh, any areas where you're going into where you need our help too.
1: You bet. I appreciate that.
0: No, absolutely. You guys are a good partner. Well, um, thank you all for participating today. We love Lighthouse. We like the products especially the people even you slate
2: <laughs> likewise likewise The nicest thing anybody said to me all day
0: Wait hey, you guys thanks for being on stay in your lane have a great day and appreciate don't thank
2: you very much